The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Turnover back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates and better service. ATSCU.com is our website. Man. Ryan Tannehill. Mmm. Mmm. Will be an undrafted free agent after the 2025 season. He signed a 25. four-year deal, $118 million contract, included $20 million, 91 guaranteed, not too long ago. But the Titans are a quarterback away from being Buffalo Bills, really having a chance to get to Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know what they do, but imagine Aaron Rodgers with the Titans. Imagine Russell Wilson with the Titans. Oh my gosh! Touchdown turnover. Aaron Rodgers has played his last down with the Green Bay Packers. That is today's touchdown turnover, Ben. Last down. We believe it's the last down. Now let me give you some. Let me give you a little bit more information. They are severely over the cap there with the Packers. Uh, not going to be a way you can pay Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. So, um, and then you also decide to go draft for the future after losing the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. You went to go draft a quarterback to trade, up to trade it up to get, and you got Aaron Rodgers right there. So that's still part of the equation. But do you feel like Aaron Rodgers has played his last down with Green Bay, I hope so. I'll say touchdown. I think that he has. I don't feel strongly about it because I I really don't know. I, I don't I don't know how anybody could really know. But I will say touchdown because it there's been a lot of drama the last couple of seasons there in in Green Bay, and as crazy as it sounds. And not necessarily the fans. I think the fans are going to blame the organization. But I think the organization itself is is somewhat tired, if if not just flat out tired, of Aaron Rodgers. And, and just everything that comes with him. And Aaron said yesterday, or Saturday night, that he wasn't going to be part of a rebuild. And if, if, if they are over the cap, which obviously they are, like, like you just described, then, I mean, he's going to have to be part of a somewhat of a, a rebuild. It may not be tank for the number one overall pick type of rebuild, but you're going to have to let go of some 
pieces. And I look, I just watched it with the Steelers uh, after the, the the season last season when, when they were embarrassed by the Browns. They, they had to make some really tough personnel decisions. They had to, to let Mike Hilton go and ball out for the Bengals this year because they, they couldn't pay him. Um, I'm forgetting the, the name of the other corner, Steven Nelson, uh, that, that they had to let walk as 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 well they they nearly they they practically did let juju walk the the only reason juju came back is because he signed a one-year prove-it deal but they weren't going to give juju the three four five-year deal that that he was looking for and they, they made some decisions along the offensive line because they couldn't pay guys and and it's come back to bite them in the butt so that that's the type of thing that would take place at green bay is to where your team gets worse, and I just don't see Aaron Rodgers wanting to be a part of that. So I think he should uh, just drive on over east to Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is a good place for him. I think the Saints is a good place for him. Um, if Sean Payton sticks around. If yeah. Sean Payton re- retires or does whatever, then I, I wouldn't want to go to New Orleans. No, no, Sean Payton is the key there. But there's defense. There's young pieces. There's playmakers at, at tight end and at wide receiver with the Saints, with um, I mean, even even Denver, man, got some nice pieces. They really do. So um, there's some really good choices out there for Aaron Rodgers if he indeed has played his last game there with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Tremel says, "Chill, bro. I want to. I want to trade for a a Ron. I don't know, man. It's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take a lot. But we've seen the you know the Rams say, "Hey, man, we're quarterback away. Let's make a deal." So we may see another quarterback deal this uh, this offseason. The problem is the Titans, how are they going to get rid of Ryan Tannehill? I mean, a, a team like Pittsburgh that, that needs a quarterback or if the the Seahawks need a quarterback, if Russell moves on, if, if Rodgers moves on and, and the Packers need a quarterback, why would they trade for Ryan Tannehill? I mean, they wouldn't have to give up much for him, maybe. But and and then like for the Titans, I mean, is it really realistic to go get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Probably, probably not. But you are a quarterback away. Yeah, you are a quarterback away, man. They Ryan, are. Ryan Tannehill did a good job uh, earning the job when he went in uh, when Marcus Mariota was hurt. They 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 did a good job for a while, and now they're at the point where. He's kind of the missing link, man. He I was is. worried about them giving him that big contract, too. Maybe he'll snap out of it, and, and next year we'll play like he did at the beginning of his Titans career. But uh, I, I was nervous. I'm always nervous about giving big contracts to small sample sizes. Yep. I yep. have a touchdown or turnover for you real you quick. Got? Should a touchdown or turnover, the NFL should change the overtime rule. Turnover. Nothing wrong with the rules. Football's a team game. Defense should have made a stop. They changed the rule a couple of years ago to make it better. But they made it worse. It, it is absurd that both teams don't get to touch the ball in overtime. I, my, my answer is touchdown. I despise the NFL overtime rules. 
between the fact that a game can tie, end in a tie. I hate that. And I also hate that uh, both teams don't get to touch the ball in overtime. Get a stop. Get the number one defense in the league. You're basing it on a coin flip. Oh, who gets the ball first? Practically, and, and that could equal a team not even touching the football at all. I, I prefer the overtime rules. I don't prefer the two, new two-point conversion thing that, that they have implemented. I, I just... What you mean, new two-point conversion? Well, what is it now? After... In college? Yes. I, uh, I, I like what college overtime rules used to be before they implemented the, 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 the new two-point conversion thing. What, what is it? After two overtime periods, they, they just alternate two-point attempts practically. Yeah, but it's, it's so you won't have seven, eight, nine overtime games. Give me the seven, eight, <laughs> nine overtime games. Give give me Tennessee, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama. Give me those overtime games. Yeah, overtime rules they don't bother me because defense get us get a stop. I mean, for so long the NFL rules were it was it was sudden death. You win the coin toss and you can go down there and kick a field goal and win the game. They change it to where it gives the other team who lost a coin toss to have a better chance to win. But if the, you know, the team who won the coin toss, if they kick a field goal, then you have an opportunity to go win the game by going to touchdown. Or you kick a field goal and then overtime extends. But, like, Kansas City marched down the football field without any resistance and scored a touchdown. Last time I checked, football was a offense and defense game, not just an offensive game. I just feel like, you couldn't even get a stop to get a field goal. I mean, you're not wrong about hey, get a stop, and then and then your team gets gets an opportunity to have the ball. But to me, I I just think it should be to where both teams, you know, both teams are gonna get a shot to have the ball in, in overtime. Football's the only sport in, in in which the offense is not guaranteed to have the basketball or uh, <laughs> have the ball at some point in overtime, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Because I mean, it was truly the 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 luck of the coin toss. Because if if the Bills had won the coin coin toss, Josh Allen would have marched right down the field and, and scored a touchdown as well. Maybe it, it was the luck of the coin flip, and I don't like that. I let's let the game play out and not let it be based off of a coin flip. It wasn't based off a of coin flip. It was based on defense can't stop anybody. And it, you're not wrong. But I look at it as the coin flip deciding the game because I believe that the the Bills and Josh Allen would have marched down the field and, and scored a touchdown as well. And then, and then they would have deserved to be in the winner. And I would have looked at Kansas nope, City. And I'd say the same thing. The Chiefs deserve and to touch it over time. Chiefs, you got you to gotta stop somebody. You got to stop somebody. So um, I hate that for the Buffalo Bills fans. I wanted to see Josh Allen advance. I wanted to see – I felt so bad for Josh Allen because he played – his butt off. He played his heart out, man. Uh, he took hits. He took shots. He made great throws under pressure. I mean, Josh Allen deserved to win, but this is why we love this game so much is, man, you can play your best and still lose. And that loss will fuel you to work hard in the offseason and want to come back and avenge that loss. It, it, it makes sports great, man. Peyton Manning had to bump his head against the wall a couple times before he got over the hump. Josh Allen will have to do that now, trying to do that against uh, Patrick Mahomes. Let's go to the phones. We got D.R. Vaughn. D.R. Vaughn. Good morning, D.R. Vaughn. Say that again. I'm sorry. 
You there? He just said good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Ben, I'm with you on that. I almost wish they just let him play a fifth quarter, honestly. Just let it play out. Let them let them get the ball on the fifty and and alternate till somebody gets a stop. That that's my preference. Yeah, uh, you know, every time I see an overtime, I think of that. Or I, I also think of you remember Matt Hasselbeck when he said we want the ball and we're going to score and then throw a pick six <laughs> the next play. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Yeah, that was that that was that was probably <laughs> his most embarrassing moment as a pro. Yeah, I know Matt loved it because it's against his Packers. Um, guys, I'll be honest with you. Yesterday, I don't think it would have mattered. Uh, or as far as the Titans goes, they they weren't going to beat either the Chiefs or the Bills. I know they did in the regular season, but I mean, Florida beat Tennessee, and then see if you could beat by South Carolina later on. I, I really think that's your uh, Super Bowl representative from the AFC that winter last night. Yeah, that would have been. No, that that, that would have been for sure. You I, just never know. Yeah, you, you, you the, know. the the Steelers beat the Bills to start the year. And and then looked abysmal against the Chiefs in two games. And Titans beat both of those teams this year, right? You you just you just never know who had the 49ers beating the Cowboys, actually beating the Rams to get in the playoffs, beating the Cowboys to advance, and then beating the Packers to advance. Rams, Cowboys, Packers—three of the most talented teams in the league—three weeks in a row. To go to the NFC Championship game. You, you just don't know. And and the Titans have the roster to beat the Bills and the Chiefs. They just don't have the quarterback. No, no, they don't. He's awful. He made me miss Jay Clocker. No, I wouldn't go. I would say all that now. Yeah. I'm... I would. He definitely had me missing Steve McNair. Well, yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he is the Titans' greatest quarterback uh, ever. Now, the organization, you can look at Warren Moon, too. But, like, yeah, he's – Titans, best quarterback ever. Well, we we know you, Dr. Vol. Your your takes tend to get emotional sometimes. Yeah, and and you know that's part of my call, Swain. I, I I've definitely not overreacted with the uh, news of receiver going to Texas, but uh, you will let me know when it's time to jump, right? You know I'm always on the edge. With, yeah, I mean, with, uh, I, just, I mean, if you, if you're always on the edge, then you're always going to be freaking out after every little thing that happens. Um, I mean, the thing with the Texas receiver, the, the guy committed to Tennessee without even taking a visit. So that should have told you right there that Tennessee did everything in their power, like everything. And the young man wanted to be at home. Simple as that. And there's a really strong, valid reason of why he wants to be home. It ain't public. I ain't going to make it public. It ain't none of people's business like that. But, like, he wants to be home. And if if a young man wants to be home, it doesn't matter how much money you give him. He wants to be where he wants to be. So you move on. You say thank you. You know you you appreciate the opportunity, but you move on. And Brew McCoy is a is a guy that used to be a five star receiver. He's very very talented. There's ties between him and Tennessee with several of our current and former player uh, players. And you 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 are in the driver's spot there. It ain't a problem as far as NIL uh, to be able to get players. You just don't have a lot of spots, but you do have a spot for Brew McCoy, and um, there's some things that have to officially end at USC. Uh, that case has to officially close, and then he'll be good to go. 
Yeah, I mean, because you you look with or without this NIL, if it comes down to us, Texas, he's going there because I mean that's that's home, like you said. But uh, it, guys, I gotta hop off here, Ben. We're one day closer to Tennessee baseball. You have a good day. We are indeed. We are indeed. I'm I'm looking forward to being on the porch this year. The swagger that we're gonna see from the baseball team, being in the crowd, being in the stands. Nice spring, East Tennessee days. I'm looking forward to it. Especially when you wake up and it's 24 degrees outside. Only in East Tennessee, though, can it be 24, 26 when you wake up at 6 o'clock and then it's projected to be 50 at 4 p.m. and nothing but sunshine. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Only in East Tennessee. Tennessee baseball did have some bad news on Friday. Seth Halverson, Missouri transfer, uh, he's going to miss some time because of an arm injury. Not going to be able to throw for for six weeks and hopefully can be back by mid-April. But uh, he's a, a kid that has electric stuff and was hoping to to work on his command and, and be much more efficient at Tennessee than at Missouri. And he, he has an arm injury that's that's going to set him back. But, hey, Tennessee is set at pitching, and he wasn't a projected starter. He was going to be one of the top arms out of the bullpen, but uh, Tennessee has – Plenty of pitching, so they should be able to withstand it. And then when he comes back, it'll kind of be like a, a trade deadline pickup for for Tennessee for the, the stretch run. Gearing up for Omaha, year two. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to I hear more stories about you in Omaha. I'll be more, more responsible this time. <laughs> I was responsible last time. Who am I kidding? Uh, Zach W says, I'd rather watch two teams go at it 24 hours than watching the 24-hour news cycle. Play it out until the defense can make a stop. I mean, that's what we would like as fans. Don't get me wrong. As viewers, we would like to see that. But you got to understand, too, defense is part of the game, guys. The 49ers don't win if it wasn't for special teams. Special teams had a block against the Packers, and the Packers have been terrible on special teams all year long. It wasn't the play of the San Francisco defense or the play of the San Francisco offense that got that win, it was the third phase. It was special teams. And you just don't win on offense. You just don't win on defense. If you don't execute in one of those three phases for an entire drive, you should you should lose in an overtime situation because you didn't take care of business in, in regulation. Like, the coach had 13 seconds. Instead of middle dribbling, instead of forcing – the Chiefs to return it, they kicked it to the end zone. No time went off the clock. You gave Patrick Mahomes more time to operate. That was a coaching error right there. Well, and the biggest issue is that the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill and nobody else does. And Tyreek Hill can can run 20 yards in 0.7 <laughs> seconds. That was the biggest issue. You're not wrong in what you're saying. I just have a different mindset of each team should have equal opportunity in overtime, they both did good and bad things in regulation to get it to overtime. And they each should have equal opportunity. The game is tied. That an equal opportunity. They did not have equal opportunity. They did not. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. Because if the Bills would have won the coin toss, they would have gone down the field and, and won. They, they did not didn't have. You, didn't you it was not, You never know what might happen? Yes. They did not – I don't understand how you can sit there and say they had equal opportunity. Be, the, be, the Chiefs winning the coin toss 
gave them a clear-cut advantage in overtime because of how the rules are set up. And and I don't like that. I, I think both teams should should each have an opportunity to score the football in overtime. Offense for both teams should be on the field in overtime. Hey, man. Both teams had an opportunity. One team was on offense, the other team was on defense. Which side's going to win? And the offense won for the other team. Defense, you you let the Kansas City offense run through you like hot knife through cold butter. I mean, you got to get a stop. So, from a viewer's perspective, I would have liked to see both, both offenses. Because it was fun to watch. I get it. But Buffalo Bills, man. They they had the chance to, to win that game. Kansas City, they was up multiple scores on Kansas City. They were up by a touch. Uh, they was up, not by a touchdown, but they were up with 13 seconds left in the game and kicked the ball off out the end zone and then didn't stop anybody on defense. They let the Chiefs get down to field goal range off two plays and kick a field goal to tie it. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I don't feel bad for the Buffalo Bills. In that respect, I do feel bad for the fans, though. I do feel bad for the fans. That was heartbreaking loss. From a viewer perspective, I understand wanting both teams to get the ball, but we just we discredit one side of the football in defense. They got to make a play. They didn't make a play for the entire drive. I, I would love for the game to be 24 hours, but realistically... My opinion is not even you, based off viewership. It's, it's just a matter of fairness. And it's it's not fair that that all four units don't get to be on the field in overtime. It's not. Four that, units. That offense, both offenses and both defenses. I, I, I My preference is the, the college overtime rules to where both offenses... Get a get a crack at scoring, and it and it had for me personally, it, it has nothing to do with with viewership or entertainment value, but what's fair. And in my opinion, what's fair is both teams getting an opportunity to score in overtime. Okay, so like a twenty five yard line for NFL. Yeah, so no, like I prefer I, fifty fifty yard line. Put it on the fifty. Each each team alternates possessions and until somebody doesn't score. That, that's my preference. It's going to be five hours long. So be it. Oh, I'll see. Better, better you than... You talking realistic. No, I am talking realistic. They're not going to put the ball on the 50-yard line. The game, the, the game will literally be five hours. Not with the way the offenses were moving last night. And, and but, the, but if you want to change the rule, it ain't just about last night. It's about regular season and other games. Yeah, and then it, it eliminates ties. It eliminates one team not even being able to get to possess the ball and have an opportunity to score. I'm... Yes, I, I think that is the, the absolute great thing to do. If you're going to do the college style, move it up. Move it up to well, the, reason the 25, 30-yard line, not the, not the 50. Because well, then, then you'll have a couple plays in a, in a field goal, a couple plays in a field goal. Well, see, I'm thinking the opposite of – of. I'm thinking the 50 will, will make it more more difficult to score. So you, you won't have the, the, the lengthy games because – it's difficult to score, then you'll 
the overtime will continue to go. But I mean, if you score, it's, it's more difficult, not impossible. I mean, you're from the 50 and, and you're one first down a, a, away from field goal range in the NFL, and, and you're, you're two, three first downs away from from the red zone. And I mean, it, you you start them on the 25. I mean, we could start them on the 25, but I figured if if college starts on the 25, then the pros should start further, a little further back at least. That that was my thinking of saying the fifty. Yeah. If if college starts at the the twenty five, then the pros should start a little further back at least. I say you put them you put them in field goal range. Just go ahead and put them in field goal range. Possession start the field goal range. If 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 you can't score a touchdown or you kick a field goal, if the other team can't uh, score, then boom, you know they can't score a touchdown, then the game is over. I I think you have to think about the time, the amount of time in games. You have to think about that before we you know start fantasizing about. Um, rules that are unrealistic. So, like, they're not going to allow a game to go five hours because there's programming. You got NBC, you got Fox, you got CBS. There's things that are in the lineup for after the game. So, realistically, you can't you can't have a five-hour, five-and-a-half-hour game. They know in the contract that the games can run over and they may not air. <laughs> you, you, can't do, you can't do that. So, we got to be realistic. I say, if you want to change the over, overtime rule, and I think if you put the ball – in field goal range, and you let, allow both offenses to to have a possession and go score, I think that will do a better job of eliminating over uh, excuse me ties at the end. I hate ties. I agree with you there, but like, if you want to change it, change it. Do it. Do it. Thirty yard line. Do it to twenty five. Um, you know, do it like like soccer when, when there's a tie. You go. You know, penalty kick. Sudden Better death. Do that if you want to. You know, if you want to. If you want to change something, then I should change. I'm behind, but I'm not gonna sit here on a Monday and and make excuses for Buffalo and say they got job and it was unfair. I'd say for the them. same thing if it was the Chiefs. No. And and, and this know. and this weekend, Bengals, Chiefs, Rams, 49ers. If if the Rams win the coin toss and they march down the field and score a touchdown, I'll say the same thing about overtime rules needing to needing to change. If, if the Bengals win in overtime because they won the coin toss and march down the field and score a touchdown, I'll come back here on Monday and say the same exact thing. Hey man, defense is part of the game, man. Got to play it. Correct. The 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 Bills ought to be ashamed of themselves for for not getting a stop in overtime. That was piss poor. And thirteen seconds at the end of the game. Yes, that that was all. That was all piss poor, but the Bills still should have gotten an opportunity to score in overtime. Hopefully, they change it. We'll see, but I'm cool with the outcome. Oh my gosh! And why are you throwing the Nick Westbrook Aquina? We're, 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 we're watching the re- the replay of the or the highlights of the Bengals Titans game and do, just saw the, the the last Tanny Hill pick. Yeah, do not watch ESPN right now, Titans fans. And, and you're throwing the Nick Westbrook Aquina. You have Julio Jones and AJ Brown. It was like five guys over there. Let's go back to the phone. 865-255-03. Jonathan. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are y'all doing this morning? Man, good. How are you? Man, I'm good. I got a got a question and then a couple points of what I'm thinking about, what you're all talking about right now, if you got a second. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, what would have happened? So, I know, obviously, regular season's tied. What would have happened if they would have went to the end of the overtime period and they would have been tied? Would they have played another period, or what would have happened? No ties in playoffs. They they just would have kept playing 15-minute quarters until somebody scored. Quarter touch. Gotcha. Uh, well, I'll look at this uh, from two sides of the coin. I'm with you, Ben, as far as I think both of them should get a possession, you know, really and truthfully. 
I don't know what that looks like. I think you can look at it on a couple of different sides of the coin. But with a matter of fact of what I've seen in games lately, especially that one, that, dude, if you're going to win the game, you had all the chance in the world to win the game in four quarters. You know what I'm saying? Like, you lost that game with 13 seconds left. So, in this, I'm normally on the side of, yeah, let them play. Uh, you know, whatever it may be, both uh, teams get a possession. But really and truthfully, the Bills, that do that all the chance in the world. So, out of fairness, I don't necessarily think like overtime there should be fairness. Like you have four chance, you have four whole quarters to get a chance to win that game. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I really think I, I'm conflicted on it, to be honest with you. So I'm probably not adding any clarity here. But they, I mean, they deserve to lose that game with 13 seconds left. And they get they let him throw two passes wide, you know, wide open. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I get the point of not kicking it to. Uh, I get the point of kicking it out of the back of the end zone. Like, Tyreek Hill was a man possessed returning the ball that day. Squib it. Uh, but, uh, no, no, that, that's, just, that's just how I feel about it, guys. I don't know. Um, but uh, I appreciate what you did. I'll hang up and listen. Hey, thank you. The one thing I would add is, like, the the Chiefs had some moments where, where they deserved to lose as as well. Their their second secondary was as piss poor as the, the defense, the Bills' defense late in the game. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, you, you can make the case. I mean, it, again, like I said earlier, it's going to overtime for a reason. Both teams made great plays to get it to overtime. Both teams had had terrible moments to get it to overtime, overtime as as well. I'm okay with changing the rule if, if you change it to both teams getting a possession to 30, 25, you know, yard line, 35 yard line. I'm cool with that. If you want to change it, because I think that will eliminate ties. But I have no problem with yesterday's game. Zero. Zero problem. Because you had your opportunities, multiple opportunities to, to win that game if you the Buffalo Bills. Multiple opportunities. 865-255-03. Tremel says, I, Julio wasn't even on the field on the, on the, on the play where Tannehill threw the inceptions. Now, late was Julio hurt because he cannot stay healthy this year. I I, I don't know if something was going on. I, I think he was okay, but the, the the more egregious one is AJ Brown. He's he's your he's your future man. And, and Nick Westbrook Aquina like had a good year, but he's no AJ Brown. But he or Julio or Julio. <laughs> Volleyball says the overtime should be played between the kickers playing horse. <laughs> nah, they, should, okay. they should have the kickers do a penalty kick. If if they can't if they if they alternate for alternate possessions for like two three four I don't know whatever you want to cap it at and and nobody can can still get a win then okay then then play horse with the kickers. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with a rule change for next year. I'm also okay with uh, last night's game. I thought it was uh, man, I thought it was electric. Probably the best playoff game I've ever ever watched. Uh, the points. That went on the board in the last two minutes of that game. My gosh, it was exciting. It was so, so exciting. Espresso Vol said, let's have a cooking, kicking competition for overtime, uh, Butch Jones style. Yeah. <laughs> 865-255-03. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, BFL 1991. And you're listening to the Swain event.
JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook.
go to the Irish Networks hotline, 865-255-03. You just told me, Ben, who we have. It's all good. We got Titans Vol. Titans Vol, that's right. Titans Vol, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, good Monday morning to you guys. I hope y'all having a blessed one. You too, my friend. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to stomach that, that game, Saturday. Um, I'm going to make a few comments about that, that playoff game and what I think they need to do with old Con- Interception. That's his new name, Interception. And then I'm going to make some comments on uh, on this overtime role because I kind of agree with Ben. I just – I enjoyed the game last night, but I just I, – I couldn't walk away from that game feeling like, like Buffalo probably got robbed of one, man. I think if, 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 if Josh Allen would have gotten the ball back in his hands, who knows where that game would have went. Um, first of all, which I'm not a GM – but if I'm if I'm the Titans, and I know Mike Grable came out after the game and said that as long as he's the head coach there, no no single player is going to take the blame on a loss. That's all good and dandy, but man, you're going to ride and die with that quarterback and just keep going on with that. And that's the third third playoff trip in a row that Ryan Daniels cost you a win. Um, if, I'm, if I'm the Titans, I'm going and I'm calling my buddy Arthur Smith down in Atlanta, and I'm making something happen. I'm getting Ryan, Matt Ryan up to up to Nashville. And I'm riding him for about three years as a transitional player until I can find somebody in the draft. And that's just what I'd be doing. But I don't know what his contract's looking at like or what. But as far as the uh, overtime rule goes, and I'll throw this idea out to you. I've been chewing on it for a little while. I think that the overtime rule should be in place that both teams get the ball on the 45-yard line. You get both teams the opportunity to score. If one team goes down and kicks a field goal, the other op- the other team gets on the field, has the opportunity to go down the field for a touchdown. Obviously, if they score the touchdown, they win. Now, if both teams go down there and tie, you go into a second overtime. Now, this now this regular season now, if it ends in a tie, it ends into a tie. Playoffs, you go into a second overtime, put the ball at the 25. Both teams have the opportunity to score. Both teams go down the field and score. They have to go for a two-point burst. And that's how I'd run the overtime rule. I'd get both – during the regular season, I'd get both teams opportunity at 45, let them drive down the field. Whoever scores, scores. Whoever wins, wins. If it ends in a tie, it ends in a tie. Overtime rule, I'd change it to where if you go into a second overtime to get the ball to 25, if both teams scores on a touchdown, you have to go for a two-point burst. I, I like it. I mean, I like I like that change. I mean, uh, I'm all, I'm on board on changing the overtime rules um, for next year moving forward. I'm all, I'm on board. I don't feel like you know the Buffalo Bills got shafted or anything like that. <laughs> I don't. I agree. And I think hey, that's the thing. I'm old school, and I agree with the way you look at it too. You you get the opportunity on defense. To, it's a team game. I just feel like with the way the game's evolving with these mm-hmm. offenses and the way they can put points up. You've got to give these teams both the opportunity on offense to make to make to make something happen. So that's why I'm saying give it first rule up, first regular overtime. You give it at the 45. Get the opportunity to score. You run it just like a regular regular uh, quarter at the 45 yard line. If a team goes down and scores, the other team has the opportunity to go on the field. If they score a touchdown, you go and you end it at a tie in the regular season. That just solve your issues with the time management of the game. In overtime, you do the same thing, or in the playoffs, you do the same thing. If it ends up going into a tie, you take it into a second overtime, drop the ball to 25, and say, boys, how about it? You go down and you score a touchdown on both possessions, you have to finish with a two-point conversion. 
I think you got to look at it and say, okay, what's the best case scenario? Best case scenario is that, you know, both teams gets, gets the ball after the, you know, the first, first series, like a, like an inning in baseball, right? Both teams get a chance to bat. Both teams get a chance to play on offense. The best case scenario is one team scoring and the other one not scoring or one team scoring a touchdown and the other team kicking a field goal. That's the best case scenario. That's easy, right? And then I, th- I, then I think you need to ask yourself, all right, what is worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is that no one scores from the ball being in the 45-yard line and you are into the game five hours, five and a half hours. That's that's the worst case. And I think because of that, I would put the ball closer to prevent worst case because we are all thinking about the game last night and talking about rule changes. But we have to think about games in the future that may not showcase two offenses that can't, you know, the defense can't stop either offense. What if you play in a game where the offense is piss poor and the game is 17 to 17 going overtime and you can't move the ball offensively? Then you'll be really be sitting there for five hours. So think about best case scenario. Think about worst case scenario. I think putting the ball in field goal range to start, when you have those games where it's a tough defensive struggle, hey man, if y'all sit there and, and want to kick, kick field goals, um, okay, but somebody, you know, at least you're closer to the end zone to potentially score and end the game. I just think if you if you started too far back for, you know, a, a deep, two defensive mind teams like the the Ravens, what if you have like the Ravens and the and the uh freaking 49ers playing? We could say the the Ravens and and the Steelers. Yeah. Two two bad offenses, but like even with them, like I don't think starting on the 40 or 50 is is that bad. Um I, I agree with your concern, uh, uh, you know, about it being maybe too hard to, to put up points even in overtime for, for teams that struggle offensively. But I don't think the 40 or, or 50 yard line's that bad. In the NFL, that's practically already in field goal range, especially when you have Justin Tucker or Chris Boswell for the Steelers, one of the best kickers in, in the league as as well. Like, you're you're – in field goal range once you get to the 40. 30, 35 yard line. I mean, that's that's what a, a 45 yarder and 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 30 will be the 47. Yeah, yeah 17 and, yards. So. And in the NFL, that's like an extra point for, for most of the kickers. It's it's not a guarantee, obviously, but for a lot of these guys, like that, that's nothing. So that that's why I said the I said the 50 yard line earlier. And and if I were the Caesar of football, that that is what I would do. Because, A, it is the NFL. You're a professional football player. I don't, I don't think the ball should be handed to you in, in you know, field goal range. Uh, I, I think you should have to work for it at least a little bit. And all it is is getting, like, one first down and then you're in field goal range. And, I, like, I, I think a five-hour game, I mean, like, how in, like in college, how often do we get, like, and not anymore because they added the, the – the new rule to where after two overtimes you you just get the ball in the two yard line and you, and you alternate until the, the game is decided, but like prior to that rule change, I mean, how often did we get the the Tennessee Alabama what was it six overtime game and, 
and then what was it, Tennessee, Arkansas, six. Yes. Yeah, like, I mean, what? Those are the the two in Tennessee's entire history that <laughs> that that went that long. Still don't want it to happen, man. You got like the business side of. I think people are are neglecting here. You can't have games running over and impacting your TV schedule past a game. Like you have TV contracts. There's 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 money on the line here. And football, yes, we love football. I would love to see it be played five and a half hours, especially last night game. I would love it. So I'm taking what I would love to see as a football fan. I'm disconnecting that from reality because you you can't have a game last that long and run into the rest of the TV program. But I think I could be completely wrong on this, but – Surely it's in like the TV contract where like the 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 shows coming up afterwards like they understand that I may not get on air <laughs> because like, sixty minutes starts late every single Saturday and and sometimes there's programming in between a football game and sixty minutes that doesn't even get on the air so I I I would think that it's it's like in the TV contract that like that is a possibility. Maybe I'm we'll completely see. wrong, but I, I I don't – all I want eliminated – first, I just want it eliminated. I want ties gone. Me too. And I prefer both teams to, to have an opportunity to touch the football in overtime. I personally think that that is the, the fair thing to to happen. So, first, let can we institute no more ties and both teams touching the ball in overtime and, and, and then <laughs> worry about – how you 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 come to a result in overtime once once you solve or once you're willing to to kind of fix those things, but I, I don't. I mean, I th- I think we're kind of wasting our breath because it, it's been like this since I was a kid in the NFL. They they've made some tweaks, obviously. It, it, you, like you said earlier, it used to be if if whoever Sudden wins, death. yeah. If I mean a field goal on the first possession could could end it, and I I do like that they changed that. But I mean, it, it's been first team that gets the ball in overtime if they if they score a touchdown it's over it's been like that since i was a kid and the earliest memory i have it is the hassleback incident that uh dr vol brought up so i i think ultimately we're just honestly wasting our breath because i'd be surprised if the nfl changed it because they they seem content with what's happening we're not wasting our breath when we talk about uh tennessee football recruiting junior day went down over the weekend ben and there was some uh Big-time four-star prospects on campus. There was also some five-stars on campus. Offense, defense, uh, players from near near and far visited uh, Knoxville and Tennessee and got the full experience. So uh, you got some updates updates there. I'm loving where where Tennessee is with uh, some of those wide receivers that were at junior day. But uh, what – details from junior day that 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 stood out to you the the there were two big things that that stood out to me and the main one was the quarterback that tennessee had on campus this weekend and it was not nico it was what's his last name i'm a leva i i can't help but to say that man i know austin has been you know locked in his room practicing it for you know a week and he can say it right but that's that's how I say it right now, man. I gotta figure out how to say it right. Yeah, but he was not here. He was down in Miami participating 
in a seven on seven tournament and I believe visited Miami in the process as as well. Not too worried about a Miami visit. I mean, I I think they no, they he he likes Mario Cristobal, so maybe something to to keep an eye on. But right now it is Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia. The, those are the the three main schools for for Nico. I, I did find it interesting that he said this weekend that his family wants him to stay home, and who knows with. With Lincoln Riley being at USC, maybe they could pull something off. And he does like Chip Kelly at UCLA, but I, I, don't, I think he'd come to the SEC over playing at UCLA. I think USC would be the the big one to be concerned about. But he he wasn't here this weekend, so he wasn't the big time quarterback on campus. Uh, and it, it wasn't Dante Moore, who I think is also at the top of Tennessee's quarterback board. He is from Detroit, and not really sure where Tennessee stands. And that one, that one is a, a much quieter recruitment than Nico. And I think the main reason is because Dante Moore does not speak as much as Nico and, and nothing wrong either way. But that, that's why you're not that's why you don't hear about him as much. But I think both are like one A, one B type of situation at the top of Tennessee's quarterback board and, and both are program changers. But the the biggest development this weekend was Christopher Vizina being on campus. And he's from Swain's Neck of the Woods, from Birmingham Christian there in Birmingham, Alabama. And and he is an interesting prospect because uh, he has skyrocketed uh, as of late. He he visited back in the fall. He, He was here for the Georgia game. And I, I spoke to him after the Georgia game, and, and he had a great time. He loved the coaches, loved the environment. He, he seemed to, to genuinely uh, love his time at Tennessee. But obviously the focus has been on, on Nico and Dante Moore, and, and he's kind of been the forgotten man. And, and it has been perceived that maybe he would be the fallback guy if, if Tennessee didn't land those others that were, were definitely at the top of the board. But but now it's like, okay, well, well Clemson is is looking at him. Uh, Auburn is, is looking at him. He, he's, and he's from Briarwood Christian, not Birmingham Christian. Um, but he's, he's got some interesting schools looking at him. And, I mean, the, the rankings, not that they're the end-all, be-all, but he's climbing – in the rankings, we at Rivals have him as a, a top 150 overall player in the country, and and he, he was here this weekend. So I, I don't know if if he wanted to commit tomorrow what Tennessee would, would do. I mean, are, are do they only want to take one quarterback in the class? You don't say, you don't say no to – you don't say no, I don't think, to – That's my thinking as well. Yeah. I, that That's my thinking as well. But I also don't – don't know the ins and outs of of Tennessee's quarterback evaluations in this class, and particularly with him. So, I mean, it, it seems like you wouldn't say no to him, but maybe Tennessee's coaches know something that that we don't. So that that'll be an interesting storyline to to follow. Uh, Tennessee's pursuit of Christopher Vizina, who was here this weekend, and he he said he had a great time and 
Tennessee did something with him that he said nobody else has really done. And I was kind of surprised, but uh, Tennessee showed him film of Hendon Hooker, Drew Locke, Dylan Gabriels, and he said that he liked the fast-paced offense and, and how they throw it around. But he said that nobody's really sat down with him and, and showed him how that coaching staff has developed other quarterbacks. So I thought well, that was really interesting. How many business has really he has taken so far? That's my, I mean, that would be my next question. I only know how many visits he's taken to Tennessee. Uh, looks like he uh, also visited Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Kentucky uh, throughout the, the season. But he's been picking up some uh, big-time offers. He's been talking with Clemson. Yesterday afternoon, he picked up an offer from LSU. So he, he's raking in the big-time offers. That 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 is an interesting storyline to, to follow. But to me, he was the – Maybe not the best player on campus, but because of the position that he plays, I thought that was the biggest storyline from Tennessee's junior day. Yeah, I mean, if he's a player that you have in your you know, top three on your quarterback board, and you know he wants to, he wants to make a decision. Whoo! And let's say he's number three on your board or number two, and you know Nico's number one. I mean, what do you do when a kid says, "I want to," like, "I want to commit"? I mean. You, Especially in today's world. Yeah, you don't pass it up. Now, if you want to continue to recruit Nico, I think you do because, I mean, you're in the business of getting good players and players who think help you win, help you win a championship. Um, and you just never know what might happen in recruiting on the other side. It's hard for me to believe that a player like this that's in Birmingham will get out of Alabama, to be honest. I Yes, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh... – he doesn't seem like he's going to go to Alabama. Maybe Alabama swoops in and and does so. But um, does he have a commendable offer from Alabama? I don't know. I I, I do not know. Because Alabama's a school right now that you know they recruit they recruit nationally, and uh, doesn't matter if it's kids in Hawaii or California. Um, I mean, they they recruit. So if this kid is not number one, number two on their board, then. I can see Alabama, you know, possibly passing on him. Think, I'll be surprised if Auburn lets him get out of the state. That, that's that's, that's what, what I was more referring yes, to. Yes, that that's that's the bigger concern is is Auburn, but like Tennessee has a leg to stand on. Yeah, better better than Auburn. Yeah, for sure. Yes, like I, I know it's the the hometown home state team in a way. Well, let's say this: better better leg to stand on when it comes to like culture and short you know the success right now and oh, i saw my quarterback development I'd, I'd if i'm a quarterback i'd rather go play for josh heupel and alex golish and joey Hosley than than brian harson and who who is there OC this year uh, mike bobo I mean, if we talk about quarterback development yeah but we also know that there's other factors yes. that weigh into a player's decision we just had a player decommit from tennessee to stay home because it was home. And Tennessee was able to have two 70-yard pass catchers and a great NIL deal in place and still didn't get a player. Sometimes, you know, it's not all about the 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 on-field advantage that you may have. And I think in this case, Tennessee does have the on-field advantage when it comes to quarterback development over Auburn right now. But – Talking Alabama, man. 
we're talking recruiting in the state of Alabama. And Birmingham, there's good players all around Birmingham. And, and, and Auburn, you compete against Alabama in recruiting. And Alabama's recruiting at a different level. They can go get players anywhere in the country. But the players who don't go to Alabama inside of your state, you can't let them leave. You got to do whatever it takes to keep them there, just like Auburn did whatever it took to keep Tanks Biggs to be out of the portal. Couldn't keep uh, Justin Williams. I know he wasn't an, a, a Bama kid, but couldn't keep Justin Williams from Tennessee, so maybe Tennessee can tap into that NIL deal that they got for Justin Williams over Auburn. I was going to take big NIL deals for quarterbacks. Go, yep. go ahead and prepare yourself. Hour three coming up. <laughs>